Hi, it's Sharon Swing. Before we get started on today's podcast, there are two opportunities we would love to invite you to join us in. One is a Listen to My Life, Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story. It's a life mapping virtual group that will be starting September 10th. I'll be leading that along with Joan Kelly and Sybil Towner. We would love to have you join us. Second thing, a live in-person workshop in the Chicago area for people who want to lead others through the life mapping experience of Listen to My Life. We would love to have you find out more information at onelifemaps.com. That's O-N-E-L-I-F-E-M-A-P-S dot com. You'll see a link to those two opportunities off of the front page. Now for our podcast. Welcome to the One Life Maps podcast. Here's your host and co-author of Listen to My Life, Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God in My Story, Sharon Swing. Greetings, this is Sharon Swing with the One Life Maps podcast. Welcome. And today I'm sitting around the table with Joan Kelly and Sybil Towner. And we are excited to be able to have another conversation around this table. I always enjoy these very much. And today we're going to be talking about welcoming prayer. And Sybil, why don't you lead us out by telling us how you came to welcoming prayer? Well, one of the things uh, for me was how do I how do I come as is? You know, that little tag um, in shops that say you can buy this as is. And so it was actually coming to my day as is. Because usually I have some sort of a plan for the day, but it doesn't always unfold the way I thought it would. And so I'll often have some reactions. Why is this happening to me? Or... Um, uh, well, irritated might be sometimes. Sometimes it's it's really a good thing. I I like the you know the change that happens, but in most cases there's something that I didn't want to happen. Something didn't turn out, and I get a little bit fixated on why this didn't turn out. And so welcoming prayer is the aspect of welcoming all. The Holy Spirit is present, and I just go into a space of prayer, sometimes at the beginning of the day, sometimes it's in the middle of the day, um, but I'm quiet and I say, welcome. Welcome, Holy Spirit. And, and I just welcome everything that is, that, uh, and everything that may come. Uh, and so I come as is to the day, whether it's at the beginning, the middle, or the end. And what it does, it begins to dismantle my ways of trying to control the day mm. or my way of getting approval that I need or my way of trying to stay secure in whatever I'm trying to do. And then it gets me to be a little more curious about what is really going on. Mm -hmm. And I find that that stuff is held in my body. Um, and often it'll be in my shoulder. I'll just feel a little bit of tension. And sometimes I'll even put my hand on my shoulder and just say, what are you trying to tell me? 
is there something you want to say to me? Or sometimes it's in my leg or my hip, some part of my body, or even my head. My head just feels, okay, I'm at the limit of what I can do. And so, or what I can think. And I just say, welcome, Holy Spirit, welcome. Mm. So it, it's actually another term that we're familiar with using. It is really seeking to stay present to what is, mm. not to what is not, and not to trying to manage the way I want life to happen. And it doesn't mean that I ought not to have some plans for the day or some goals, but the interruptions do not tend to be something then that throw me off. I begin to see them as an invitation, or I also see them as a way of knowing where I'm going and being able to graciously and gratefully be able to say, no, not now, and not think, oh, if I don't do this, they're not going to like me. I've, I've, just, I've just become more present to who God's made me to be, what he's called me to do, and it's, it's not in some big program. It, it's just in the ordinary movement of my day. So what do you think? Yeah, Joan, what, what, what stood out to you? I, I think as you're talking, it makes me wonder... Um, would you say, Sybil, those programs are like some of the ways that we cope with life, like the coping mechanisms yes. we talked about right. earlier, right? Right. They would call them, and and here we're sort of talking about feeling, I mean, you know, our feelings are teachers. Right. They, they're, uh, in some ways, they're not the it, mm-hmm. but they're, there's something behind them and sometimes we just push them down. So it's kind of peeling off some of these layers yeah. so our truest self, our most right. honest self, is, is being revealed. Right. And so if I welcome it, and in some ways it is a welcoming of the enemy. Mm-hmm. This is what I don't, th- this is what I'm trying so hard to avoid. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so when I welcome it, and I, I find this when I do this with people. Um, the doorbell rings. I think, oh, my gosh, I was just in the middle of a beautiful, quiet time. And I just say, welcome, Holy Spirit. And I get this is as is, and I walk to the door, and I'm able to welcome that person. Yes, and I... When you said enemy, it's it's not the biggie enemy necessarily. It's just the enemy to whatever I, I think I want. Yes. Oh, yeah. It's And, and the way uh, Thomas Keating talks about it, but he talks about it as our programs for happiness. Mm-hmm. What I think I have to have yeah. in order to be happy. Yes. And so I'm going to welcome those things in such a way that I begin to give space in a silent space. I actually set a little timer on my phone, and I just come into that space for 10, 15, 20 minutes, and I just welcome. Uh, I welcome, and then I release. Today, Lord, welcome Holy Spirit. I release my need 
for approval and affirmation. Welcome, Holy Spirit. And then I say, welcome, Holy Spirit. I may stay in that for, a, you know, for some moments. And I don't even try to think of what it is that I'm looking for approval for or affirmation. That just takes me to my head. I just stay in um, that particular space in my body. And then I just say, welcome, Holy Spirit. I release my need for security and safety. I love how you're talking about it in terms of um, giving space to for things to come to mind, not search for it, not strive for it, not anything else, but that even that the Holy Spirit might might nudge you in some direction or help you to notice or just enough space for even your body to tell you. Yes. Um, in the midst of all that, what it is that needs to be relinquished. Right. In the midst of it. Would this be a good time for Joan to read the prayer for us? Sure. Okay. Gently become aware of your body and your interior state. Welcome. 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 I welcome everything that comes to me in this moment because I know it is for my healing. I welcome all thoughts, feelings, emotions, persons, situations, and conditions. I let go of my desire for security and survival. I let go of my desire for approval and affection. I let go of my desire for control and power. I let go of my desire to change any situation, condition, person, or myself. I open to the love and presence of God and the healing action and grace within. So I'm just going to ask the, the two of you, if you found yourself entering that on a regular basis and just speaking that and listening to your body, what, what do you think 
or feel or ponder might unfold in the life that you live? What would, what might... Um, I, I think for me that there would be this surrendering, this more... Um, it's, it's another way to move toward kind of an, an open-handedness. I know it's pretty obvious with the letting go part, but uh, I think the other thing that struck me as you were talking earlier, Sybil, is too, it's a prayer that engages body, mind, and heart, all of yes. me. And this gives words to kind of walk me through that full surrender of all of me. Yeah. And, and I think when you say that, what it exposes in my body, and not in a mm-hmm. not in a mean spirited way, no. But it actually exposes some places where my body is resistant. Mm-hmm. You know, when I when I welcome, just like I shared with the door, a doorbell rang, and I had an option, and I really didn't want to change my activity to mm-hmm. go and welcome. What was uh, who who might be at the door? So. Um, so just realizing, no, that is, that is something that is called for at this moment. And actually, that is probably my best quiet moment in this moment. So, so it, it, in some ways, it expands my way of being with God. And what we read at the, I think we read at the top of that, it's in the all of life. So it's not compartmentalizing my life, compartmentalizing my life. I think what it, uh, what it does in me is makes me want to be curious about what God has in that interruption for me. Yes. Um, and if I approach it with a with an amount of curiosity for an opening to to see what God might have in it, um, I'll experience it differently than 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 resist it or resent it or whatever. Um, but I, I thought to myself, okay, even even the the spam call on my phone, <laughs> you know, or <laughs> or whatever else and stuff. And, uh, um, and wait a minute, what about, uh, you know, so the things that, that I got hooked by yeah. as Joan was reading at this time was like, well, what about this? Or what about that? Mm-hmm. You know, so it's always like <laughs> finding, finding the exception to the rule that's inside of me, you know, and then to, um, to let go of my desire for approval and affection uh, let's see, or, oh, I'm sorry, let go of my desire to change any situation, condition, person, or myself. And a lot of times I, I live with a lot of desire for, for things that I'd like to see happen. Um, ways to, a lot of times, do good in the world mm-hmm. or something of that kind of stuff that I'd like to see come to fruition. And um, I you know, the, what, what I got hooked by was, okay, so there's a piece of this that would be kind of resignation to what is so that I, like, I have no, I have no agency in my, in my circumstance or to change it. So that's, uh, you know, as I, as I was analyzing for, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. But then to recognize that even in my questioning of it, 
there's something there for me to have a conversation with God about. It doesn't mean he wants me to be a limp rag and, and, no. and do nothing with my life. It just means approaching life with an open, with open handedness. And I probably get, um, hooked up on my own need for control, which is earlier on, which of course didn't, didn't trigger me at all. But some of these other pieces were like, wait a minute <laughs> along the way. And, uh, I think that uh, that those are good things for me to notice and openings for conversation with God about them. Yes, and what you're really talking about is uh, is an interior freedom, and we don't realize that our bodies are more constricted, and our minds are a bit more. I don't know if constricted is the right word, if what you would say, but more busy or. Um, and and our hearts are divided, or and that in uh, in ways that we've been so used to living with that um, that we really don't have an interior freedom, and often the way we try to fix that is by exterior things. I think my quiet time was an exterior thing. At that moment, mm-hmm. it it's turned not, into that. Yeah, yeah. it was it didn't start out that way but that's uh that's what happened and i thought of jacques philippe who wrote the book interior freedom and he he talks about the things that have happened in our lives and often there are things that we become rebellious about what happened i mean we just say this ought not to have been this was wrong and he says there's there's a place for that and often at the place of of that rebelliousness, if you stay there, it's, um, well, it doesn't bode well. I mean, in and fact... rebelliousness. Say more about the word rebellious and the way you're using it. Um, well, I could use rebelliousness in, in my words. I could use rebelliousness in fighting physically. Um, I could use... Um, but but I'm going to fight against this. Now, that's the opposite of accepting any situation, but there is a place where that action, um, even if I don't do anything but rebel in words, but words have a very can have a very costly effect. Um, it's not a bad place to start, but it's not a good place to end. It is not bad to say something is wrong, but if that's the place I stay, it will not take me down a good path. Right. I mean, when I think about um, injustice yes. of various different kinds, where where um, what it means to be compassionate is to be fierce in defense of of um, the 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 vulnerable. Um, those kinds of things. It's not asking us to be um, to turn a blind eye to them, but to not fight against against them with an anger that keeps us from being able to um, to actually probably do some good. Right, <clears throat> because then we, we actually recreate a situation and we're using, um, we're using a program, we call it a program for happiness, but we're using a program for help that will not get the desired mm-hmm. results. Right, so it's, it, it's a part of the cycle of hurt people hurt people. Yes, mm-hmm. You know, something that's that's harmed me or um, 
some tragedy that, that might have come our way, uh, to, if that stays with bitterness, then I'm more likely to turn around and hold that anger in a way where it spills out and spews out in ways that hurt other people. Yes. So then often people come to a place of, um, I don't think there's any particular order to this, but a place of resignation. Mm-hmm. That's mm-hmm. what uh, Jacques describes. And so that's a place where we say, it's not the welcoming prayer, but it's, this is just the way life is. And we just become resigned to it. Resigned, you know, yeah. These people will never speak kindly to me or accept me. This job will never honor the gifts that I have. Um, what, whatever it is, we just become resigned. And the problem with resignation, again, it's not a bad place to experience, but it's not a good place to stay in mm. because it is without hope. Mm-hmm. And so uh, so the next place is really what you sort of were touched by at the end is, um, is I let go of my desire to change any situation, condition, person, or myself. And that is the place of acceptance. And that is, I think, the hardest place for us to get to. Mm-hmm. I... I I'm not even sure I fully know myself exactly how to do it. Mm-hmm. But, but what it begins to indicate is I know that God has been in every situation in my life, whether I have known it or not known it. And... Um, and he has given us control in the world. Agency. Agency in the world. Yeah. Because we're trying to, to do get, life, it's a, it's to do life without to, him. We're, we're trying to give away, we're trying to relinquish control. <laughs> and so, so what happens when we relinquish control, what we're doing is we're inviting God to work in the situation. Mm-hmm. And that's what, and that's the thing as Christ followers, as people who do not follow Christ, they are taking control and there isn't a person alive who doesn't do this. So when we relinquish control, then we have the movement of God that is the picture in the prodigal son where we see the father, as soon as a turning, he relinquished control of his life. Life is better in the space of my father, even in the servants' quarters. And this is what I will say to him. And in that turning, the father runs to him. And I think when we, our, our part is naming this and turning and releasing, and I think this—you you use the word at the beginning, Joan. Surrender. Mm-hmm. That—that that is the journey. Mm-hmm. Well, and but another thing that came to mind is—is is the verse that says, "Vengeance is mine," says the Lord. And so, if there's been harm that has come my way, to let whatever the 
punishment, retribution, payment for the wrong be in God's hands, not mine. I'm not the one that is to exact it. And looking at the life of, of Christ is a um, is a whole series of pictures about refusing to fight back and how love overcomes the just this nonviolent approach that love overcome that love empowers I should say the, to be able to make a more profound statement than any protest that we could mount right well and that the battle is his the <laughs> battle is his and you know surrendering and being open to that yes. but it will be a wrestle and even yeah. Jesus wrestled yeah I mean, when you talk about uh, relinquishing, I mean, you just said in the garden, is there any way that this can be done differently? Mm-hmm. And so uh, so I'm not disappointed or upset that I wrestle. Mm-hmm. I don't... Mm-hmm. Um, but there's a difference between wrestling and ruminating. And, yes. You know getting stuck in this situation. So say some more words about the difference between resignation and release. Well, the, the word, well, the word that shock uses it, it's even I think stronger than release is acceptance, Mm -hmm. accepting that which under any conditions I would not want to accept. Mm -hmm is a place of acceptance which then opens the door to hope. Mm-hmm. And, and, and why is that? Well, think about it for a moment. What, what, does, it, what does it begin to open us to? It actually is what you spoke. It begins, I wonder... I wonder what more they co- there could be. My, mm, I think your word, I begin to get curious. Mm-hmm. Well, uh, holding on to it really tightly isn't working for me. No. So what's another posture that I might, <laughs> that I might, might have. try yes. would be one piece of curiosity in the midst of it too, right? Yes. So I begin to... Um, I begin to re- I begin to release that, and I just think there are a number of stories... Um, that um, uh, that show forth that. I mean, I, I feel like Mandela showed forth that when when he was in prison. I mean, he he went in rebellious. I don't. I'm assuming. I have no idea. Um, I think there would be writing, but he probably went through some period of resignation mm-hmm. at mm-hmm. at some point. But then at another point, not knowing if this would be the rest of his life. I mean, he began to welcome, and he began to welcome. He learned the language of his enemy so that he could speak it. He learned what was important to his enemy, and he learned to befriend the guards who were taking him to solitary confinement and that uh, uh, in a way when they were... um, irritated with him, he turned around and started walking backwards. And he began to say, well, where do you live? 
and how many children do you have? Mm-hmm. And what do you do when you leave here? And when he got back to his cell, which you would say was a hopeless place, a place, why in the world would you want to be there? He was a man who was more free than the guards who had taken him there. Yeah, I've told this uh, piece of this story on an earlier podcast, but um, I went to go visit um, the women's prison at Shakopee with one of our Listen to My Life facilitators. And uh, during a listening session, they were completing the Listen to My Life uh, process, and they had spent nine months in it. And the beginning map has a lingering question, the My Life Now map. And Linda had them, the facilitator had them repeat the My Life Now map at the end. And um, this woman was describing the difference between her My Life Now map from nine months ago and then nine nine months later after going through Listen to My Life and some other things in her life. And, um, And she said, well, my first lingering question was, how can I endure this? You know, how can I endure this incarceration? And I was kicking and screaming at the walls, and I was just so anxious. I was on all kinds of anti-anxiety beds. And then she says, but now I'm actually at peace, and I think I'm happy. Maybe for the first time in my life, I'm happy. And she said, my new lingering question is, how much good can I do today? And so, to me, <clears throat> that's that's the kind of shift of mindset because do you think your experience of today is going to be different if you hold a question of how can I endure this day or how much good can I do today? Is there going to be any difference in how I experience it and my, my way of being shifts with the kind of question I'm asking myself? I think it's more than a mind sh- mindset shift, though. Yes. I think it's a softening of the heart. Yeah. And I think if I think of the body piece of it, like there's a movement from when I think of resignation, I, I, I picture my hand up, up in the air, like, mm-hmm. okay, well, you know, but, but then when I move towards this, this openness, this surrender, this acceptance, mm-hmm. like there's open hands, you know, so there's a, there's a lot of shifting, subtle shifting that goes on. Many layers of it. And, and I, I wonder if you can get there, um, without some of that, silence and solitude and prayer that we talked about um in the in the previous episodes in terms of the 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 ways of um what the what are the spiritual practices and what's going on in the midst of them is is this these these deep changes that we can't think our way into most of the time but there are stories of examples like nelson mandela and here's this 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 prisoner in this in this situation, um, you know, and and when she told me that story, the woman at Shakopee, um, she said, "Yes, my my first lingering question was how can I endure this. My my lingering question now is how much good can I do today?" And tears began to stream down my face, and she looked at me. She says, "I made you cry." I said, "Yeah, only because that's one of the most beautiful things I've ever heard." And she said, really? Why? And I said, because I know a lot of people out there that aren't as free as you are in here. Mm-hmm. And um, that was a good life lesson for me that day. And um, I 
thought to myself, okay, now that's what it looks like to have the Holy Spirit have access to you. Yes. And so to go back to what you said about um, wrongs to be righted and injustice, that this kind of work in our lives in the sense of welcoming and and journeying through whether it's um, what uh, Jacques Philippe describes but coming to a place of acceptance then out of that will come the movement of God for really for good in whatever part of the world we are and that good will be done not because it makes us feel good, mm-hmm. but it is because it is the movement and work of a Holy Spirit that we have really welcomed and we begin to face the disappointment that is in it. We stay in the journey. We take one step at a time, not because it's a program to improve us. It is the freedom to live and walk and be the way God has designed us to be. Mm. And I just think that's a lifelong journey. I don't think, I, I don't know that there's an arrival, but what I do know in the whole of our lives, there's not a stopping place. Mm-hmm. There's mm-hmm. a resting place at places and that, but it continues until he takes us to the other side. I think and the, then maybe it still continues. <laughs> I think the most important things that I that I think about in terms of um, non-resistance or non-violence um, you know when you when you speak of Nelson Mandela if he would have exited prison angry would the kind of absolute redemption and transformation have been set in motion that is happening I mean it's not that his country doesn't still have some serious problems but yet this way of being and, and setting up these, um, these amnesty for the people who perpetrated the most heinous crimes, if they would just make a full account of what they did, that they would have amnesty. And um, at first, the people, um, the, the, the people of color who... Um, were involved, were very, very angry at the council who had made that decision that people had to make a full account, but they didn't have to say they were sorry. And they said, in in retrospect, that was the beauty of it because people could, they would make a full account and almost all of them would also say they were sorry. And what happened in the transaction of that was then the people that were harmed knew that they had a choice to say, I'm sorry. And there, it was not just their full disclosure of what had happened, but the sincere apology that actually released the anger in the, in the people who were harmed. Yes. And that's what set the healing in motion because you cannot mandate no. An apology. A sincere apology. Mm-hmm. I mean, and I just love that story that there's some, and when you think about the story of Jesus, that there's the, the sequence of events 
that that transpired that he just laid himself open and you know the um some of the some of the verbal tr- uh tradition is that he stretched his own arms out wide on the cross that they didn't have to pry his arms open in in that kind of a way that he willingly gave his life um in acceptance of of what was going to happen that basically he showed us a way of nonviolence and then goes on to be hanging on the cross and says, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. That's the kind of transforming love that is beyond comprehension in so many ways. So out of this conversation, so you think of that acceptance, uh, that full acceptance, that welcome, God's will, but not mine. And that's the invitation that comes to us in this way of, um, of I am willing to put myself under the tutelage and, and movement of really the Trinity, but the Spirit affirms the Trinity in my very being. That the, that the cycle of violence will not pass through me to someone else. Yes. That it's an absolute strength, and, and what it resists is, <laughs> the resistance in the whole thing is resisting continuing to be part of the problem of hurt people, hurt people. people. Well, I think that <clears throat> that really, um, I don't know what uh, Thomas Keating um, thought about if he had some of the same thoughts that we did, but in some ways, in a simple form, it is letting God be God in all of our life. And so we say, welcome. Welcome to whatever this day may hold. Welcome to what it is holding and where I am. Welcome to what it will hold because you will guide me. And that's, that's a promise we have been given, enough to take the next step. Right, and to enter into the mystery of this, of this thing that God is unfolding when we accept these things and decide to not pay forward the hurt or the harm or resist then that there's something mysterious um, that is more powerful than anything we could think of to do ourselves. And I think it's just letting God be God. Yes. And me having eyes to be able to see that. Ears to hear it. Hands to touch it. Mm Mm-hmm. Oh, what a good conversation. Thank you so much. Now, where can people get a hold of this welcoming prayer? Through um, the organization called Contemplative Outreach. And they actually have, a, um, I think, a virtual class on the welcoming prayer, but they have lots of resources. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. So thank you so much for uh, for joining us today and listening in. And I hope this is kind of a interesting and provocative and 
invitation. Um, if God is nudging you in some way to to take this a step further and uh, contemplate this, uh, yes, the welcoming prayer, and also uh, Sybil had mentioned uh, John Philippe's book, um, Interior Freedom, and we'll put a link to the show notes there as well. If Listen to My Life, Maps for Recognizing and Responding to God, My Story, the series of eight visual maps to help you visually map your life story for the purpose of spiritual growth and meaningful action might be a next step for you. Um, go to our website at onelifemaps.com. That's O-N-E-L-I-F-E-M-A-P-S.com. And uh, think about joining us for the virtual uh, coaching group that's going to be starting no, uh, September 10th, 2019. And if you're interested in facilitating that, facilitating that process with others, November 18th, 19th, and a half day on the 20th in the Chicago area, where Joan and Sybil and I will be um, taking people who want to share these materials with others through uh, two and a half days worth of equipping. So we want you to be equipped and confident to take other people through experiences uh, like Listen to My Life and some of the spiritual practices that uh, that we use along the way too. So thanks to our uh, contributors on Patreon. Uh, if you'd like to make a donation of $5 a month or more on Patreon, that's P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash One Life Maps. Uh, we send you a thank you gift each week of an audio meditation. Um, and we'll do one on this welcoming prayer. We'll do an audio meditation for you that we'll put up. Um, and so consider doing that. We'd love to have you uh, um, become a supporting uh, member of our community as well. So thank you, thank you, thank you, Sybil, for bringing uh, this prayer to mind today. Um, it was a rich conversation. So thank you, Sybil. Thank you for and letting me be here. <laughs> letting you be here. <laughs> we wouldn't be here otherwise. So, Joan, thank Great to you. be with you. Yeah, that was a great conversation. I love doing this. I hope you enjoyed listening in, too. Many blessings, everyone. Have you thought, I don't know myself anymore? Have you wondered, is there something more? Are you at a crossroads in life and asking, which way will lead me toward expressing more of who I am made to be? Are you looking for a way to understand the restlessness you feel inside? Are you seeking a deeper spiritual life and desire to rediscover who you are through God's eyes? You're ready for the life mapping experience of Listen to My Life. Go to onelifemaps.com to purchase your portfolio of visual life maps. While you're there, check out our upcoming virtual coaching groups, live workshops, and options for you to facilitate the Listen to My Life experience with others. That's onelifemaps.com. O-N-E-L-I-F-E-M-A-P-S dot com. <laughs>